Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... by contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The sport of kings is aptly named. Once it was a sport that only royalty could afford. But every so often, the magic barrier is broken, and the outsider is in the inside ring. The long shot, the maverick, the Seattle slough. This is the story of a horse named Malachi, a giant among his fellow equines, and of the two men who loved and gentled and handled him. The lad was standing by a split rail fence. He was a boy of indeterminate age, small, well-muscled, a little above my own height. I'm five feet even myself at full stretch. His eyes were eager and his whole body was a thrill with wanting to be more than he was stuck with being. I felt this boy and me was destined for some long future. Hey there, Sonny. You live hereabouts? Well, sure. This is my father's farm. And don't call me Sonny. <laughs> no, don't be after getting your back up. I meant no harm. What would you like to be called? My name, Stevie Oaks. And my name is Patrick Aloysius Devlin at your service. I'm Paddy to my friend. Now, you're not making much of a friend of me. I'm on the edge of getting to be 20, and just because I'm small is no cause to make fun of me. <laughs> now, there's a bully boy flying off for you and ready to stick up for his rights. How tall are you there, boy? Well, I'm five foot one and five eight. Do you want to make any more of it? What would I make of it? Hold on there just a moment, and I'll show you. Now... If you look smart, you can tell that you tower over me by maybe one whole inch or more. Would I be anyone to be making fun of you? 
I'm, I'm sorry. It's just that I... Well, I, I get a lot of it. Ah, don't I know. I've had it all my life, and I'm into the 50s already. But sure, I never cared. But this is just how I want it to be. You did? But why? So I could be a jockey and spend the half of my life on a horse's back without me giving him any real weight at all to trouble him. Were you a, a professional jockey? For real? Oh, I was that boy. He, do you see these wrists? Fifty years ago, I could break a two-before with my bare hands. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, are you planning to move here to Timpkins Bend, Mr. Devlin? Uh, Patty, to my friend. Uh, all right, Patty. Well, now, Stephen Maynard, moving here would depend on circumstances, you see. Uh, why don't you come on back in the office and let the two of us have a little business talk and see how I might work things out. He followed me from the front of the car to the back door, his eyes goggling at the Kelly green paint and all the glass windows on the length of her and all. And round the back, I opened the big rear door with a flourish. Will you step into my private sanctorum? Just use the trailer hitch as a step on. Okay. <laughs> is this a mobile home? Uh, yes, it is that. Uh, and then again, no. Uh, it was not exactly for the former tenants. They were uh, transients, you might say. It's a hearse. A hearse? But home it is to me. I live in it right through the winter. Without heat? Well, I got sleeping bags and a cot. Why don't I make us a wee cup of tea? <laughs> you have a stove? Oh, all the comforts of home. Sure, this is my home. Um, what's in the van behind? <laughs> oh, mention his eminence and he speaks right up. It's a horse. Oh, my dear boy, he'd be careful there with the loose tongue. Not a horse. Sure, it is the horse. The horse for all seasons. Uh, always except in the winter. And that, you see, is the whole problem. And uh, the discussion from man to man that we have waiting on the agenda to be settled. Discussion? Us? Well, for about. Ah, there goes the tea then, the darling tea. Now, first we'll away with that, and then we can look to the business matters. Uh, spot a cream in it and sugar? Why, uh, I don't drink it much. Any way you want to serve it. Well, we'll, we'll put it in the pot and stew it up good and black, and, and then you'll be after taking a sip and making up your mind just the way it's going to suit your taste. Well... Whatever you say, it's very kind of you. By the way, sure, I have a an ulterior purpose after all. <laughs> you, you say this is your father's farm. Is he a horseman? No. Uh, no. No, we grow grain, corn, and we have enough cows and pigs and chickens to, well, you know, to feed us. I, I noticed coming around by the road a big fine barn. Would that be yours? Well, yes, sir. Would it be having a stall now of a good size that might fit a big horse? Oh, yes. There's, there's three or four. And do you think your da could be using a handyman for the winter season? Well, I reckon not, Mr. D uh, Patty. See, he's got me, and uh, I come free. Ah, but so would I. Well, just the board for me and the room and the board for Malachi. Who's Malachi? The horse. Oh, <laughs> Next year's Triple Crown winner. You mean that, that's a racehorse you have in the trailer? Oh, that's what he is. A real honest-to-gosh racing horse? Biggest colt you'll ever see, Stevie, and the fastest thing on four legs in this or any country. A real thoroughbred. And you own him? 
With all the papers to prove it. What? Has he ever won in races? Well, now, he's only been to the post twice. The first one, he got a bad ride. A green kid broke him bad and bumped another horse uh-huh. for me. Set him back out of the money. And the second time out, he won a maiden race near Philadelphia and made us $5,400. Just enough to pay off all our debts. <laughs> uh, those are the only races he's had, huh? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, I've been having a hard row to hold just to keep owning Malachi. You see, he eats a powerful lot. He cost me pretty near $20 a day, and I wasn't making that much just exercising horses and grooming. <laughs> he, he, well, I I couldn't afford the entry fees, and, and oh, he, he's, a, he's a great horse. He's the only one I brought up all the way from a colt. I, I wouldn't want to lose him. He's all the family I have. <laughs> Would you like to see him? down the runway and backed Malachi out. He came gentle as a lamb, Lord bless the big beloved Spalpine. Oh, he was a sight to see. A deep chestnut with a great black mane that stood 17 hands at the withers and weighed 1,200 pounds on him still going. He, he's, he's saying hello to you, Stevie. Oh, Patty. He's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Hello, Malachi. <laughs> He's the biggest horse I've ever seen. Man, does he look strong. Oh, you could put this horse in the Indianapolis 500 and he'd go the distance like it was five furlongs. He's that strong. <laughs> That's why he's named after Malachi. Well, who, who was Malachi? What? Did you never hear tell of Malachi? Oh, why, he was the strongest man in all Ireland. Manikai was so strong, you see, he could pass his hand up over the back of his neck, catch himself by the seat of his pants, and hold himself in the air for 40 minutes altogether. Ah, but now I know you're putting me on. Ah, oh, still and all, would I love to be up on him? Oh, can you ride, boy? Well, I exercised Mr. Squire's horses. He's a rich man. He used to live next door. Oh, but does he not live there anymore? Well, not since he sold his stable and moved back to New York. Hmm. Now, uh, there wouldn't uh, all the same be a, an exercise track there. Oh, for sure. A great big one, all cindered and flat. Stevie, my lad, I said the moment I laid eyes on you, we were heading for a long future. Oh, oh, oh I had the second sight. All right. Oh, this will be a grand place, Malachi. A darling place with all the comforts of home. <laughs> Come on, Stevie. Let's away off now and talk your father into seeing it my way. I kept the hackamore on Malachi and decided to take him along. The farmhouse was a short walk away, but... Long enough for me to have my spirits dampened considerably by Stevie, who obviously was a bit scared of his father, who turned out not to be his real father at all, but his mother's second husband. And uh, wouldn't look at Mr. Oakes, and I could see good reason why he might put the fear of God in anyone. Steve, where the Sam Hill you been? You've got chores to do, and I want you out in the fields with me after dinner haying. Where you been hiding out? Well, I wasn't hiding out, Pa. I was uh, talking with Mr. Devlin. You mean this skinny little hobo here? You the one with the green rattle trap out there by my fence with... Name of G. Hossafat. What's that monster there? That's Malachi. He's a racehorse. That ain't no racehorse. So was molasses, Alward. 
If they came up to a plow, I bet he could turn a straight of water with a tractor. <laughs> Just about as fast. I know, begging your pardon, Mr. Oaks. This is no workhorse. This is royal line all the way. Malachi is out of Katsin Nihudahan by Brian Baru. And I have the papers to prove it. Well, Patty says he'll win the Triple Crown next year. Ha, <laughs> ha, Where would a little tramp like this get the money to enter a race like that? Uh, I'd run him in a few stakes come the spring, and with the purses we win, there'll be enough for the entry fee. Why aren't you running him now? Uh, well, I, 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 I was out of money, do you see? I couldn't get him to Florida or California, so I'm... Uh, I'm looking for some winter quarters. Well, if he's so great, why couldn't he have won enough money to see you through? Well, three different times I had him ready to run, but the old banshee on the broom interfered. What does that mean? Uh, the fate. Get out of here. Any minute now, I suppose you'll want to sell me the Washington Monument. <laughs> no, not, not quite. Uh, but uh, I... I do have a little business to discuss. Well, Mr. Devlin wanted to exchange his work around the farm and, you know, sharing chores for his board and one of the horse stalls for Malachi and some food and fodder. That monster? He'd eat us out of house and home. Well, I suppose I offered you a small share in Matacoy's winning. Yeah, but he'll never win anything. That big overgrown plug. Now I'll swallow all your insults and your sneering, Mr. Oaks, if you direct them at me. But you keep your tongue off, Malachi. Why, you little pips. No, why not? Don't hit him. It's fighting you, Juan. I give you... <laughs> Mr. Devlin. Mr. Devlin, are you hurt? Let me help you up. Never mind me, boy. Watch out for Malachi. Get his bridle. You get up, Devlin, and keep that loco horse off. Who won't him see me? He's entered him. Down, Malachi. Down. Easy, right, boy. Easy. All right, Malachi. Out. 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 boy. Patty, I, I, are you hurt? Oh, what? Sure, it's only my old hip thrown out of line again. We can get it back in place. But it'll be a long week before I can move myself again. It looks very much, Mr. Oaks, whether you like it or not. You've got a couple of non-paying guests. Unless you want me to turn Malachi loose to convince you. <laughs> Mr. Oaks looks from the small man, writhing in pain, to the huge horse, his ears flat against his skull, his eyes rolling wildly at the farmer. It's a moment of decision he doesn't relish, but it's one he's got to make. Take a chance on being trampled, or accept, at least temporarily, however unwillingly, two more mouths to feed. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Kelly Green Hearse, almost down to its last gallon of gas, has been maneuvered into the Oaks barn. It is parked near a roomy stall, newly hosed down and freshly lined with crisp new straw. Occupying the stall is a contented Malachi. Inside the hearse, Paddy Devlin is lying on his cockatoo. Or rather, that's where he's supposed to be. Actually, checking carefully that he is alone except for Malachi... He clambers out into the barn. All of a sudden, he is caught as Stevie comes into the barn. Patty, what are you doing walking about? Oh, 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 where I, I, I wasn't walking. I, I was dragging myself out to make sure my poor horse was being taken care of. Oh, I told you not to worry. After all the trouble we had resetting that dislocated hip, 
Uh, I don't see how you could put any weight on it. Oh, that well, 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 that's mind over matter. Oh. Well, I, uh, I brought you some dinner. I'll help you back to bed and then bring you the tray. Yeah. Is your father about? Oh, he and Ma are checking some accounts. Oh, oh, well, then, maybe I'll just rest myself a little on this old milk stool here, and we could pull up a bale of hay for a table. You're sure you can sit all right? Oh, when I put pain behind me, it doesn't trouble me in the place I have to sit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Well, I'll bring a barrel over. Uh, you can use that to eat off of. Oh, lovely, lovely that is. There it is. Now, I'll get the tray. I hope the food is still hot. Ah, hot or cold, it smells like the broth of the gods. <laughs> oh, there it is. It's also a delight to the taste buds. Well, I was a little worried you mightn't feel like eating. Not feel like eating? <laughs> my stomach is so parched for food, me middle vertebra are shining through me belly button. <laughs> how's, uh, how's your father feeling now? Oh, he wasn't the one who got hurt. Well, I, I didn't mean that at all. I, I meant about me and Madakai wintering here. Oh, I have... I don't know. He, he was feeling kind of guilty. He, you know, shoved you and you fell down and got hurt. I I think all he had in mind was till your hip was better. But, well, you, you could ask him yourself. He just came out of the house on the way here. Oh, 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 there you are. What's that? What's moving the hip? Help me quick into the hearse, baby lad. Not very bad at that. Oh, I have you. Easy, easy. There's no holding back. No, you better not to hurry. Then that's a matter of opinion. Sit with me now. All right. There. There you go. Are you all right? Well, well, maybe you you could bring in the tray and put away the stool and the barrel so my father wouldn't know you're moving around. Now, what does that got to do with it? Ah, uh, Patty, I think you're an old faker. Is that a way to talk to your elders? I'm talking to a friend. You have no more dislocated your hip than I did. Well, I could have. <laughs> and if I didn't, your dad would never have been after letting me and the horse stay. And that's what I needed and wanted. Hey, where are you? I'm in here, Pa, in the green wagon. I'm giving Patty, uh, the Mr. Devlin, his dinner. Well, you better haul tail out of there, boy. I told you I need your help in the fields. Yes, Pa. How are you uh, feeling, Devlin? Oh, the pain is terrible, cruel. But with the grace of Mary, I'd grin and bear it. Well, if it's all that bad, maybe you'd better be in a hospital. Oh, no, no. I, uh, oh, what, uh, what I mean is... Hey, I wouldn't consider your heaven to bear all that cost at all. Me? Well, you did knock me down. Yeah. Well, all right. You and that ugly big horse can stay here a few days till you get over your fall, but that's it. Then, on you go. Oh, Pac, couldn't they be here for the winter? Who's your interest in this? Well, with Mr. Devlin laid up, someone's got to exercise Malachi and... Oh, that'll be the, the best Christmas present I could get with, with Mr. Squire gone with his horses. You haven't got time to go right. You've got farm chores to do. I could do them first, same as I did last winter, and then take care of Malachi in my own time. You ain't gonna have no time. There's too much to do. Well, that, that's why maybe you could use an extra hand. As soon as I'm back on my feet again. And I heal fast. Well, that's good. Because the moment you do, I want you and that hay burner out of here. I can see how much he eats, and it's more than I intend to afford. Come on, Stevie, we got work to do. The moment they were gone, I'm out of the hearse as light as Phil the Fruiter's ghost, and off to peek out the barn and make sure. I, uh, 
I have a bad hip. It's why I'm not a jockey anymore. But at the moment, it was no worse than usual. It was all a little fiddle faddle to keep body and soul together for me and Malika. <laughs> Ah, yes, I hear you, darling, and the pleasure it is to hear you flicker with the sound of a full belly again. I'm glad to say that mine is rumbling just as happily, but it's only temporary. How do we make it permanent enough for our needs? Oh, 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 so you'd like a little walk after dinner to digest your meal, wouldn't you, Malachi? Now, how am I going to do that in the middle of the day when I'm not supposed to be able to walk at all? Still and all, we're, we're going to have to keep you exercised and stay in shape. But if I do it, then we no longer have the welcome mat out here, and I'm... I'm... The boy. Stevie. He's the answer, is he not? Well, Jane. But how to do it? Maybe if I could have a little chat with a mother, it might do it. And the state would have it. That's just what I was about to have. I was just dozing away, dreaming that Malachi was taking the Preakness by eleven and a half lengths when I heard the sound of her voice. Mr. Davis? Uh, yes? I, I wouldn't want to bother you, but I just wanted to make sure you were all right and take away the dishes and the train. Oh, that's very kind of you. I, I could try to pass them on to you. Oh, but it's I... no trouble. Fly land! You have this set up real comfortable. I could never have imagined a first. Oh, oh well, sure, it had passed its time for being suitable for the dead. It is the only way I could have afforded decent living quarters and all, with, with the horse to support. Oh, I saw him on the way into the barn. He's a magnificent animal. He's an animal who can make the fortunes of all of us, every one. What do you mean? I suppose you don't know the racing game, how horses are bred to run and win... I know that horses race and money is exchanged, but that's about it. Well, now, uh, this, 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 you see, is a kind of a special horse. Well, how do you know? I have the second sight. You can see into the future? When the magic is upon me. <laughs> there is a horse here in your barn like no other horse ever existed. And you have a boy, your son, who is part of his destiny. I don't understand. Well, you have to, or all of us are up down dairy. Here's me, and I have spent my life training horses. Here's Malachi, the horse that can prove it all out. And here's your son, that I could train and make a jockey to ride him to victory. If I were to stay here, I could make a man out of Stevie seven foot tall, no matter what he measures in inches. How? He has the love of horses at him. The size, the risks, the desire. Give me a winter with him and Malachi under him, and he'll be wearing winning suits for the rest of his life. Mm, you're a strange man, but for some equally strange reason, I trust you. It's my farm after all, so I want you to stay. If you promise to do all you said for Stevie. Mrs. Oaks, I promise you on my heart. <laughs> I was ready to seize any advantage, and maybe that was the straw that swung things my way. For with Mrs. Oak's help, it looked like Malachi and me were safe for the winter until... 
one, ten, and three fifths. That's Preakness time let it on the Derby of the Belmont. Do you hear me? What do you say? Ah, bring him back here where a man can talk to you private. We're coming, Paddy. Thank the good Lord I found a boy like myself to ride him home to glory. <laughs> oh, wasn't he beautiful? What was the time? One ten and three fifths. Oh, he'll win them all, Paddy. You're going to be a millionaire. Oh, no, he ain't. Huh? Now, Mr. Oates, where did you come from? Oh, I've been watching what's been going on all through the winter. Biding my time. But where I come from right now is the courthouse. Got a little piece of paper here. What paper? A show cause, they call it. Show cause? What, for what? Why, for all the money you owe me for board and fees. Why shouldn't I possess that horse of yours? Looks to me like maybe I'm going to be the millionaire around here. Well, there you have it. That's what makes horse races the difference of opinion. Technically, legally... Who does own Malachi? Can he be possessed for a debt? And if he can, will he prove to be worth it? Is he really a wonder horse, or is he just a dream in which two undersized men hope to prove themselves, if not larger than life, at least as large? I shall return shortly with Act Three. Scottish poet Robert Burns, who said, The best laid schemes of mice and men gang after glay. The quote could better be applied to horses instead of mice. Particularly the rest of it, which goes, And leave us naught but grief and pain for promised joy. With the coming of spring, the time had come to enter Malachi in a race. There were only two problems. Who was his legal owner and who would pay the entry fee? Pending these decisions, Stevie still rode him around the exercise track in the gray light of morning, and Paddy still held the watch on him. Huh, how was the last quarter, Paddy? 21.40, beautiful. No horse in the world can touch him. <laughs> if he runs... Well, why shouldn't he? Well, first of all, does the entry fee. <laughs> and second, who owns him? Ah, <laughs> he knows where he belongs. <laughs> Oh, he may think he does, but he, he doesn't know the ways of men. <laughs> Maybe I should just give up and turn him over to your father. He's not my father. Look, just one race and you could pay him all you owe after Malachi wins. Oh, it's no use, laddie buck. I haven't the money to raise him or feed him or even, I suppose, the right to own him. And why should I deny you your chance? Me? Well, I've taught you all I know, Boyeen, and you're ready to ride. The rest, you have to learn by yourself. I'd only ride Malachi under your colors, Paddy. Ah, there's a good lad and well-spoken. But <laughs> it makes no sense. If I have no colors under which to ride, you won't be much of a jockey. Come on, Paddy. There must be some way out of this. The courts haven't decided yet that you have to give up Malachi. Uh, what else can they decide? The only assets I have are a broken-down Kelly Green hearse, a trailer, and the greatest unrecognized racehorse ever broke from a starting gate. Oh, but it's so unfair. You've worked for my stepfather all winter. There was no contract. 
By the Lord, nobody's taken him away. What are you going to do? No, this is just between us, Stevie. Why, your stepfather is a greedy, growling man, and right or wrong, I'll never knuckle under to him. Someday I'll, I'll pay him the money that I owe. But I won't let him grind me down or steal my horse. Now, any night now, when the moon is dark and I find my time, I'll be off and away and let Mr. Martin Oakes go looking for me. But Malachi is going He's to race. He'll be in Mexico or Canada and let him come after me then with his rich and his, his lawyers. So what about me? You? <laughs> Son, you're a writer. You get to the tracks with some letters that I'll give you. And you'll find the mounts and an agent. You don't have to worry. Oh, yes, I do. I want to get away from here, too. But I don't want any horse after I've been up in the best. I want to ride Malachi. And I want to bring you the Triple Crown. Well, dreams are what keep us going. <coughs> but <coughs> they don't always come true. And you're coughing again. You still have that cold. Oh, sure, I think it's... What do we call it in the world today? Psycho something. Psychosomatic? Yes, that's it. All, all in the in the mind. Everything is all in the mind. But you really are going to run away. Oh, the first chance I get. For all I can see, it is the only chance for me. And I would have run, except for one thing I never counted on with my Celtic constitution. I came down with some kind of thing in the lungs that laid me flat on my back and near put the hearse back to its original function. <laughs> but before that happened, something else did, which seemed like the answer to a prayer. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Oakes, is that you? Would you excuse my attire? Oh, it's no time for small talk or courtesies, Mr. Devlin. I've been talking to Stevie. Oh. And the fact of the matter is that I understand there's a stake race at Garsville that pays $12,000 to the winner. Well, that's right. It also costs 750 to register. $750? Well, I have over 600 here, and, and I'm sure this diamond pin of my mother's would cover the extra $100. Well, you want to put up the money for Malachi to run? Yes. Does your husband know about this? No. And I don't want him to. This is for my son. It's my money. My present husband doesn't know about. Outside of the farm, it's all Stevie's father had left. Well, now, Mrs. Oaks, I... I... I, I can't be taking this money from you. I, I, I have no guarantee the horse will win. Oh, I thought you believed in him. Well, I do, but... <laughs> Oh, you have a bad cold there. Oh, it is nothing. The wind's in the wrong quarter, is all. But how about this money? Take it. Enter Malachi. Let Stevie ride him. But, uh, but if he loses... Well, how much worse off can we be? Besides, he can't lose. Mrs. Oakes, let me tell you some things. No, Mr. Devon. Let me tell you. You came into our lives... Stevie's and mine. When we were at the end of all hope, you brought us a chance to rise above what we are, to escape a trap we're in. Well, the trouble is, ma'am, that's all it is when it all rides on only one race. A, a chance? Well, isn't it worth it for all of us? 
I paid the fee, we entered the horse, and Stevie was boiling with excitement. Oh, his mother had sold his silks Kelly Green for Ireland and light pink for Virginia Dogwood. The field was nothing. Malachi should come home in a romp. The only trouble was, I came down with the sickness of the lungs. And Oakes found out about it, and Stevie ran into something he wasn't quite able to handle. A rough ride. And now they're coming around the back turn and into the stretch. Frontier Prince is in the lead, but bunched around him is the field. And the new horse, Malachi, is making his bid. He tried to go to the rail earlier and then swung out wide. His jockey is giving him a good ride, but he's inexperienced. And on this muddy track, it's difficult going for all, horses and men. And there goes Malachi, streaking through between Porter Mayfield and my own dandy. He's running loose and easy, but with breathtaking speed. Oh, no, no, no. It looks like they're locked stirred. My own dandy and Malachi are forced off stride. They're slithering in the mud. And... Yes, it looks as if Malachi is down. No, no, he recovers himself miraculously. But his jackie has been thrown and is scrambling now to avoid being penned under the thundering hooves of the field as they round into the stretch. What do you say when you lose a race? There are a thousand excuses and not one of them worth a tinker's dime. You lost. That's all that counts. And your creditors are the last ones to have a drop of sympathy at all at all. What are you up to now, Devlin? Oh, just seeing a horse gets his exercise. So what? To be also ran again? Now, Mr. Oates, that was fate, bad luck. I hope so. Since any day now, it'll be my horse. I'm glad the court agrees with me. You had a heck of a nerve running him without my say-so. You'll never do it again. You could be right. You want to hold the stopwatch on him? Why should I when I got a flunky to do it for me? I rented him at Bradbury next week. You better get him ready. Bradbury? That's a bunch of scrag. That's right. I want to see if the plug is worth anything before I get into real money. Better have him ready. What's he clocking in the back stretch? I wouldn't want to tell you, Stevie. What's the difference? Oh, oh Patty, come on. Come on, what? He's not our horse anymore. Don't you want to fight for him? With what? <laughs> I haven't anything left to fight for or with. What makes me feel worst of all is I took your mom's money. How am I ever going to pay her back? <laughs> what is it, Malik? Are you... Oh, my name is Squire. I believe this happens to be my property. Are you enjoying the use of it? Uh, Mr. Squire, it, it, it's my fault, sir. I, I just thought since the track wasn't being used... Why not, Stevie? From what I saw just now, for what better use? It was only a rough gauge by my wristwatch, but I did clock that magnificent big monster... And 57 odd for four furlongs. Uh, 56 eight, to be exact. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Where do you plan to race him? Well, Mr. Devlin thinks he could win the Triple Crown. He's a two-year-old. I knew there was a reason I had to get back to Virginia. Is there any way I can be a part of this? Well, <laughs> I'd be proud to have you share in it if you, if you buy my jockey as well as my horse. <coughs> but first of all, I, I have to pay off a few debts. I'd be happy to discuss those. And later, our future. I should say yours. 
I'm at an age where the only satisfaction I have is seeing other people attain all the dreams I missed. It's strange that after all the beginning, there isn't that much left to tell. We entered the Derby that year, backed by Mr. Squire's money. It was supposed to be a two-horse race between Napoleon's dream and fancy that. But Malachi wanted going away. By the Preakness, all debts were paid off, and I owned my horse outright. We took the Preakness by two lengths. <coughs> Stevie was aboard all the time, of course. <coughs> the only trouble was this... It's cold in my chest that I, I couldn't shake. By the time the bellman came up, it was so bad, they, they had to put me in the hospital. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. Ah, who's up in the saddle? You, not me. Everything I know, you gave me. Oh, a few tricks. The way to use your hands. Nothing, boy. The rest had to be born in you. I'll never know how you got us where we are. Well, we're not there yet, boy. We're <coughs> still number three. I promise you, if I can bring it to you, it'll be with every breath in my body. Well, now, don't forget poor old Malachi. He's the special wonder. <coughs> uh, Patty, I'd, I'd better leave you now. Oh, no, it's all right, Stevie. And I'll be watching you on the TV screen. You bring him home, dear. Patty, I... I think you'd better leave him now, Mr. Oaks. Uh, nurse, he's... He's all right. Of course, he's just tired. Well, he is going to get well, isn't he? I know who you are. You go win the Belmont for him on that marvelous Malachi, and what else can he feel but a hundred percent? The field is well sprung out with only Captain Courage and Dipsy Doodle well in the lead. The rest of the field trailing far behind. Malachi, the favorite, has dropped off the pace and it looks as if we will not have a triple crown winner this year. I lay in the hospital bed listening to what seemed like disaster. I watched the TV and I tried to tell Stevie and Malachi to book it home. But, of course, there aren't any words. It's all beyond us to shape or change events, isn't it? You mind if I join you? Oh, Mr. Squire, I made a pretty good investment in that horse of yours, didn't I? You know, I I should have let you in for more than 10%. It doesn't matter. As a businessman, I can't figure out how you could have let me off that cheap. I told you, it didn't matter. Well, it's only I want the boy. I, I want Stevie to have it all. Because I trust him to take care of the horse. I know. And he will. What's... What's the matter with the TV? I... I, I don't hear it now. Did... Did, did, did we win? Did, did we take it all? We did. You did, Paddy. And Malachi. The Triple Crown. Oh, that's great. That's truly great. <laughs> and what about the boy? Stevie. He owns it all. Not only the triple crown, but the horse, too. Isn't that the way you wanted it? Oh, sure. <laughs> but it's a seldom thing in life it could turn out that way. How did it? Why don't we just say that the angels were on your side, Paddy? <laughs> I'll buy that. I'm, 
I'm near enough one myself. It's <coughs> coffin hole. Not, not long for this world. <laughs> I wish I'd met you sooner, Mr. Squire. You met me just in time. Welcome to the other side, Paddy Devlin. I died long enough before you to welcome you in, even if I had to come back across the divide long enough to coax you to join us. You mean that, that I'm... I'm... I'm dead? It's not as bad as you think. But, but, but there are no... No, no, no... I, I mean, it, 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 it's not for me. That this, this is one place that the ponies don't run. Why not? Just imagine the fields. Man of War, Northern Dancer, Canyon Arrow, Majestic Prince, Foolish Pleasure, Bold Forbes, Seattle Slough, Aladar, Affirmed. Horse racing, the sport of kings, a very special delight and interest. If the ponies run in your blood, if the sound of that trumpet thrills you and rivets you to your seat, it is a special world of disaster and triumph. It is a world that never quite ends within this world of ours. And if you have ever had the fever, perhaps extends to the one that exists beyond. I'll be back shortly. Stevie Oaks is a legend now, of course. He rides only one mount, Malachi, who has taken his place as the greatest money winner of all time, all of which went to Stephen Oakes and his mother as co-owners. What's that? Morton Oakes? I don't know. The last anyone heard, he was still trying to bring suit in a hopeless cause. In horse racing, there are only two kinds, and sometimes the loser deserves all that's coming to him. Our cast included Jack Grimes, Ian Martin, Jackson Beck, and Joan Arliss. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.